sweet nectar of visceral frustration. Welcome to Always Strikes Last with your hosts, Jack, Matt, and Miles. Welcome to yet another episode of Always Strikes Last. Striking last. Striking last, always and forever. Uh, Still haven't redone the intro, so uh, you are here with uh, Matt, Miles, and of course Jack, uh, who we need to record into the the intro of this podcast. This we do. (laughs) We are behind, but we are trying. Yeah. Are we trying? I don't know. Always update last. Pseudo trying. (laughs) Always update last. I made an interim intro that I stuck to the last one, but like we we are the equivalent of the um, ogre and uh, sons of behemoth GHB nerf that happened nine months after the release of that book. It happened. I don't know if anybody caught that today. Just to open it up with some current events. but there was a sneaky uh, GHB and um, core rules uh, FAQ that went out today. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, I missed this. And uh, nice. one of the missions in the GHB, the current one, not even the Thrandia one, the current one, um, has to do with, uh, for Apex Predators, um, Mightier makes Rightier and Might makes Right uh, cannot be used uh, for determining control in those missions, in that mission. Interesting. Oh, yeah, weird yeah, yeah, nerf. of course. But like, guys, none of those rules have changed in the last nine months. <laughs> this was a problem before. This was not yeah. new. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. whatever. I guess I, I, I'm glad they fixed it. I, I don't. I didn't even look it up. What? I don't remember what Apex Predators is off the top of my head. Uh, so, I, like, I was like, yeah, whatever. Uh, but <laughs> it's just. But uh, yeah, we are the the equivalent of. of <laughs> FAQing the problem nine months later. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to do it, we might as well get it done, right? At mm-hmm. some point right. in the future. Yeah. Secondary the, model. Next, the next new book comes out. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> yep. Today's topic, the Fire Slayer book, current events. Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's a brand new book here. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, Fire Slayers and Idaneth. <laughs> just came out with that new box set no one's even opened it yet yeah yeah uh, nobody guys. has any idea how it's gonna work yep <laughs> someone's uh sent over pack fuel with uh, my my hotly pressed gutenberg uh <laughs> gutenberg <laughs> item <laughs> <laughs> new faggle contraption <laughs> um oh, man. actually what is hot off of the press is we had um the u.s open here in seattle uh last weekend which is that very we did, that we did. And, and uh, our, our very own Matt B took home uh, the first prize, very well fought. And uh, yeah, good job. I mean, I think to those who know him, it's very little surprise. I mean, obviously, it's a lot of work, you know, and he played incredibly, incredibly well. But if anyone was going to win it, he was going to win it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Between him and Mason, I was not surprised immediately seeing in the Discord that those two were uh, neck and neck right yeah. away. Um, yeah. And um he ended up using uh I think he ended up using the uh the new cron spine. Yeah. Uh, incarnate. Yeah, I was just looking at the list right before we got got going here. It's uh 
for those who haven't looked it up, it is uh, Legion of the First Prince, uh, Bellicor, Bloodthirster of Insensate Rage, Kairos Fateweaver. So really just a who's who of who's a greater demon. And yep. uh, some flesh hounds, some blood letters, some plague bearers, and a crown spine. Yeah. Umbral spell portal, emerald life swarm. Basically the glitterati of the demon realm. There we go. <laughs> and I can I can confirm that list is super nasty. Um we'll go over it in a little bit, but I was I guess his his only test game that he had before the tournament with the uh Kronspine in that list. And uh yeah, it's it's something. It's a yeah. it's it's a strange set of rules, but it also comes from like uh that that book what's what's the name of the book thrandia thrandia season of war season and of war what is the season of war is it like a umami or what is that i think it's like <laughs> an umami of rule sets it's it's that flavor you can't quite put your finger on there is we- it a new general's handbook no but it seems to be a lot of match play rules updates hmm, swirl it in there just there your tongue yeah. yeah so this this book or I guess it was a book in a box set, right? That came out just just a couple of weeks ago. Yes. Um, just a couple couple of weeks ago from us recording this. Who knows when I'll get this uh, mixed in pure uh, pure GW uh, FAQ fashion, right? Sure. Um, and uh, I feel like it almost flew under everybody's radar because it was essentially. Um, a terrain box and a a model with tiny hands, <laughs> a skeleton with the tiniest hands that ever tinied, um, and yeah. this amazing skull. Amazing sculpt, generous thinking there. You know, uh, let, let me describe the box if you guys haven't seen it out there. Sure. Imagine that someone put five pretty cool terrain pieces in a box follow me so far yeah and there were some leftover bits when they made those terrain pieces and maybe a skull just kind of swirly them up into like an ice cream cone style whirlwind and they made that a giant almost essential piece of primal energy beast right and then they put a hefty price tag on it to protect that beast from anyone who might not be able to scratch up 220 dollars <laughs> yeah it was 220 that's that's right um that's brutal uh, the, I mean, the, it's a cool terrain. I mean, I like the terrain. Uh, I, I'm actually really dig uh, the new generation of terrain that came out with this edition. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I wish they'd make more of it, right? Because uh, mm. I think it's really cool to see, right? Because it's the it's the Sigmarite uh, construction yard, right? Pretty much. And, and you know, like, and waterfall I, I, don't, thing? I don't mean to hate on it either. Yeah, the waterfall thing is cool. More of these floating yep. menoliths or menoliths mm-hmm. they, they have. I, I like that design aesthetic, too. I mean, it's all very cool, and I personally am considering it, too, because you know, have the basement gaming table. It's nice mm-hmm. to dress it up with some neat things. You know, But, of course, it's the only way to get the incarnate right now. <laughs> oh, there we go. Which, which is honestly kind of fine by me. Um <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a very interesting set of rules that I can see a lot of people getting really frustrated with that aren't playing competitively and just, you know, when you're in a competitive setting, if it's not fact or something, you kind of just have to deal with it. If mm-hmm. you want to have a good game, you just kind of have to grin and bear it. Um, and it's going to be one of those models that I think will... I don't think, <laughs> I don't think it's on that level of, like, Lumineth when they first got their, you know, second book 
where everybody was just like, I'm so done with this. Um, But I think it has the potential to really kind of like, I guess, mess with the meta in, in ways that are completely understandable, but will somehow still catch uh, people off guard. Sure. Uh, that makes sense, really. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I've, I've theoried about it and read about it and have some thoughts, but you have seen one of these beasties in this cone of amber energy, like riding around the tabletop, like some sort of malign sorcery Tasmanian devil. So yeah. I, th- I think you have the first blush immediate impressions. I really all want to hear what's it like dealing with one of these things, man. Well, so I had the, the, I guess dubious honor <laughs> of uh, bringing my my the squigs, great pleasure, yeah, <laughs> my my all squig army, nice. Um, Which I think to, is uh, new to, new to this podcast, the, the the all squig army. Yeah, yeah, it is. I've I've decided to lean. You know, beasts are too good now. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't play beasts anymore because they're they're too good, and that just that just grinds my gears. Yeah, so yeah. On to Gloom Spike gets. <laughs> I can't believe you went straight from one meta army to an S tier army like Squigs. <laughs> well, so the 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 hilarious thing is um, the the Squig army shows a lot of problems uh, that you know focusing on meta builds really really creates for um, I don't know a, a, just a player. A competitive list build in general, um, mm-hmm. and I can get into squigs forever just because uh, it's it's such a fun army to play. Because you're not really playing the army; you're more reacting to your roles and letting the decisions present themselves to you, and then kind of doing the same to your opponent. Um, the opponent in this case happened to be the guy who took the championship for ALS open. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, we didn't know it at the time, right? You didn't know he was going to take it at the time. You just knew that this was Matt and he had this new uh, fancy, but I mean, uh, you knew it was Matt. Skull we were, we were, we were talking um, and hopefully he's fine with me talking about this, but like he's, he's ready to go. He is nice. ready to go. He's going to make I'm it glad. to Arizona and he is, uh, he's, he's taken it all this year. And that's awesome. I, believe that he can do it i could believe i believed he could do it before well i mean um, he won uh 2020 all of itc I yeah he did was, uh kind of a dubious honor but i definitely was there at the end of it with his name and first it's true that's very true <laughs> um, yeah i mean it still counts it's yeah pretty quick pretty cool we gotta make sure we don't i don't know if they gave that. out infinity stones that year but uh they definitely <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he wasn't given the, the cruel torment of having an awesome code dangled in front of him for many months <laughs> that's true where's our code games workshop you have two people in here that you emailed for books and we won our books Dang yeah it. i mean like it, it, it was so excited just waiting <laughs> i was someday, someday i'll get a book email that doesn't have any books yeah. I, I I jumped for joy literally when I got that email just because I got some recognition. Uh, <laughs> turns out I didn't. So back uh, to square one. Yeah. Uh, All right. So anyway, I got the list pulled up in front of me, right? And mm-hmm. uh, it looked like Matt was playing. Uh, this looks very similar to his old list. I think I said I said the list already. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and this is very similar to what he was playing, right? So you know, Bellacor, Bloodthirster, Kairos. 
um, some battle line sort of dealer's choice there, uh, Umbral Spell Portal and uh, Emerald Life Swarm. And then um, he had been bringing the Slaves of Darkness Demon Prince, um, who is still pretty good. I know we, we saw the leaked new Demon Prince rules, and those will be new and different um, when those come out. But he's still disgustingly good yep. uh, as of this moment. Um, and uh, what was the other one? The... Um, the Slanesh uh, thing. The mirror. He the mirror, he, yeah. uh, he dropped the mirror. So um, and the demon prince. And the demon no prince. No contort epitome and no corn demon prince, huh? Yep. Yeah. The two linchpins of like the current meta. Um, oh, wh- what are they called again? What's the name of that Legion army? Legion of the First Prince. Legion of the First Prince list, like those you expect to see in almost any army, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he dropped those, and I genuinely. You know, was surprised. Um, and then, uh, you know, in their place was a Cronspine. Uh, I was, I was surprised that the Cronspine was worth it in his eyes to be taking. Um, but that's before I knew about the kind of support piece that it is. Okay. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit. Well, um, uh- Tell me about it, because uh, I got to be honest, I have not been paying attention to the what it is in any way, shape, or form. I will so leave that to yeah. Jack. This is Jack has the book. I've only had uh, been smacked by the book, so <laughs> um, it it hurt, mm-hmm. but it kind of didn't hurt, and I'm kind of confused about it. You know, just normal hashtag just Matt Maddie things. Matt life. Yeah, mm. just Matt life. It hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of liked it, but it was okay. But I don't really know. Yeah, still We're figuring it out. Confused, yeah. a little bit excited, but intrigued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> let's let's dive into it. Let's talk about this thingy. So, yes, with the benefit of the book, with today being today's lore master of the incarnates, due to my ability to put down fifty five dollars to read about it. There we go. I, I have some good stuff here. So these are actually pretty cool, but they're definitely like a whole new direction okay. for you know for for things that we can buy. It's almost like when endless spells came out, no one knew what the heck that was or how mm-hmm. it was interacted with the game. These aren't quite so radical, but they're definitely looking like they're going to be a whole new thing okay. because there are incarnates. In theory, there'll be others like death ones and life ones and fire ones or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But there's only one right now, which is available for match play, and of course that's the incarnate of Gur, the Cronspine incarnate of Gur. And the way it sort of functions is like a big monster which you don't kill normally, has a bunch of sort of buff presences and effects, uh, which, which make it potentially pretty potent on the table in ways which people wouldn't necessarily be ready to deal with. It. So to, to roll out some base stats and ideas here to sort of present a thought picture for people who might be listening mm-hmm. to this. First things first, what does it do? Well, it's on a monster base. It flies around, has a four-up save, and it has a bunch of attacks to do things with. You know, it has um, base... Six attacks, which are three up, three up, minus two ran, two damage. And base one attack, which is three up, two up, minus three ran, four damage. Okay. You might think already that's pretty good profile, but you have to understand that it adds its quote-unquote level, another concept I'm about to introduce, to the number of attacks has in each profile. And it starts at level two, which they call as primal that basically means rather than you know six and one this thing has eight and three three attacks 
at minus three four damage and eight attacks at minus two two damage okay. so it's already so kind is, of in mini kragnos territory right this here. is definitely feeling much more like a 400 point uh monster yeah, yeah. it it gets worse <laughs> oh yeah get, get ready like it gets buckle worse. yourself in for for all this so so next you know i get, get to this levels thing because this levels thing is is a pretty pivotal part of how it works so you okay. might think yeah whatever cron spine thing you bring its 400 points i'll zap that thing down i was, I was gonna ask jack how does it deal with bullets it, it it eats them or dances or it like you know it goes down one level like a boss in like a 90s video game okay know? it flicks them away with its tiny hands exactly it has a huge invincibility frame at the end of whatever you try to do to kill it you cannot one shot this thing that's the thing you know how like marathi shoot as much as you want three wounds it's kind of like that because okay. he has a mechanic where it starts with the presumption has like 18 wounds as, as a number mm-hmm. and you do as many wounds as you want to it and then the morale phase you have to take a effectively a morale check you can't avoid where if you roll equal to or under the number of wounds it took like that turn then it loses a single level reminding everyone here it starts level two okay and it can get levels by doing a couple of things one eating enemy spells using a monster's rampage it has called devour endless spell okay which is basically you know rolling 2d6 to be at a caster level to sort of eat it make it go away and get one nice. a little bit of risk because you'd actually get the reverse if you failed that or would much more predictability kill any monster at all to just get a free level okay. so this thing in the current meta is at worst a mini mirathi too because you can eat an entire bullet storm or three mock crushes or seven gods and wait till next turn to beat down one level and then ultimately die because you need to level zero to be abolished and go away or you can pull some tricks and get levels back and, and persist so in addition to this whole you know fighty thing with the ability to sort of get levels and lose levels to either die or, or stick around has a couple other complicating factors it has a domination range, which actually makes it something of a support piece, which allows it to give secondary booster or negative effects to allies and enemies to everything within that range based on how powerful it is. And it starts with a 10-inch bubble and go up to 12 if it gets level to 3 and go down to 8 if it's uh, a bit weakened but not yet dead. And it does a couple things. One, uh, if you're within this range for it, uh, all of your units uh, can re-roll, run rolls, and charge rolls. Pretty good. Nice. Very good. Very sort good. A, yep. Yep. Units cannot retreat, so enemy units might be doing, like, fight-or-flight things or have tricks like that or skinks. Nope. Those skinks want to fight to the death now against their better judgment. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, somewhat less potently but so useful if there's a wizard nearby that's not bonded as incarnate they subtract one from cast and dispel and unbonded rolls so you can kind of like you know debuff wizards a bit with it so wait do you do you bond with it with a wizard like is it like a is it like an endless spell and that's uh, actually a good a good segue to the final piece here which okay. is the bonding oh matt did you want to talk about this piece or you want me to continue on it <laughs> oh uh just real quick it's worth noting that it can't um it can't leave combat as well so if it's stuck in, it's stuck in. So there's a trick there for some people who want to uh, see if they can survive all those minus three rend attacks. But uh, yeah. 
That's a very good point. I mean, it works against itself too, because it's ultimately some sort of elemental energy monster. Yeah. Uh, and of course it is a monster itself. It should be noted. Um, the, the whole thing with the bonding is not just a wizard, but any hero can bond this thing. And, you know, I, I don't know what one does if they're not a wizard to create a mystical bond of this thing, but you know, you have a nominated hero in your army, which is the bond holder. Uh, and while uh, the bond holder is alive, Mm-hmm. This thing kind of acts like, you know, any other part of your army. If the bonded hero dies, this thing reverts to its quote-unquote wild form, where it essentially, uh, you know, adds one to hit rolls for everything it does. So it's a permanent plus one to hit, you know, making it even more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, it basically goes wild and treats everything, you know, as an enemy, not just the enemy uh, army, but your army. And oh, it has to uh, sort of charge i think the closest thing yeah and i think that's how it works i'm just gonna like you know, double check that one piece so don't okay so it's got a little bit of its own ai for when it's that reminds yep. me of those uh i don't know if you remember the um warhammer fantasy battles if you had a hero on a on a monster that was big enough and you managed to kill the hero there was a chance the monster it was still riding survived and it would just have a little ai that it, chart that it had to follow that's that's yeah. right it would it would you'd roll and it would either sit there and defend its fallen master which was always very touching or it right. would just go wild and try to attack whatever was Charge nearby the nearest thing yeah yeah th- this thing is like that i mean it is a little bit manipulatable because you know just looking at the the wording of it you know wild form means you get that benefit to your hits mm-hmm. you can run and charge in the same turn and you must if you're in wild form and you're within 12 of a unit in the spell in your charge phase attempt to charge um but that just means that you know you have to move it 12 so you can get something out of its utility not just leave it near your guys you know gotcha. if, okay if you have any sort of choice in the matter um yeah. but that's pretty much the thing in the nutshell i think i've hopefully painted a pretty big uh, and comprehensive picture of why this thing might be problematic. I imagine all of our listeners' minds are ablaze right now. Well, <laughs> and um, everyone at their home is just a splatter of gray matter across the walls. Yeah, it's just been <laughs> the eyes eyes glazing over, eyes eyes totally glazing over. Um, there's also the command ability projection, right? Was I correct in that? Uh, plus one to hit. And- if yeah, you so use a command ability, then um, I believe it's either you can use it on it or a hero can use it, and then everything within that area, if it's bound, has that same plus one to hit. I think you might be right about that. Let me just, uh, oh, yes, bonding. I'm uh, going right back to this piece. If the all out attack command is received by this incarnate, the command is also received by all friendly units that are holding the domination range of the incarnate. Yep. that are within three inches of an immunity and have not already received a command that phase. So as long as they're fighting or they have to activate mm-hmm. and you issue the command, then this gets everybody. And so typically that means within 10 inches of this thing, yep. which you can throw forward with some impunity because it cannot be one-shotted. <laughs> so yeah, and it's a lot of units. It is worth noting that it's a, a wholly within, I believe. Um, and mm-hmm. it's it's absolutely brutal. Um, because you can use the crown spine to assassinate a support character uh, using the it, one of its uh, actually its scary attack profile is two inches, so you've got some like movement there. Although the the base is fairly big, if you've dealt with a it's giant, on, uh, it's on a one thirty. Am I right? It's on a giant giant base, I think the giant or um, 
The giant the, base, the, the Gargan base, not the Archeon base. Yeah, not the Archeon. Um, I think Alariel. Um, Alariel's is, on the Archeon base. Yeah, that's the, the one. Archeon's on the Alariel base, man. Who <laughs> uh, came first, that chicken or that egg? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um So the 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 model itself is uh, it's less underwhelming than the pictures. I will give it that, but the uh, the 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 tiny arms are still just tiny, little tiny. Nice. Arms. I'm, looking at, I'm looking at the photos in the in the. Do app you right mean now. the vicious claws? I think that's how that maps. Vicious claws that have no reach. It's a T Rex in death um, with horns. Uh, but so my experience against it uh, was pretty interesting. Um, you know, I think Matt had pretty much been theorizing use for it. Um, and I was his first game actually using it for, for my list. I brought, uh, what was it? 40, uh, squig hoppers split into two squads, um, 25 Boeing grot bounders, two loom boss on giant squigs, a, uh, of course, now I don't have my list in front of me because that's how we prepare for a podcast. Right. Uh, I got a quick uh, interjection while you find your list. I'm looking through this thing. Jack, how do you actually kill this thing? You like is It doesn't say specifically <laughs> when you get to the abolished state that it goes away. Well, in theory, that's, that's what happens. So if you go to incarnate states, you know, it says it is removed from play when it reaches a level zero. That's something you would have in front of you, Miles, had you right. pulled well, up. Well, you know what's amazing though is yeah. it's that 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 clause does not appear in the Warhammer Age of Sigmar app. Of course. Why would Which it? It seems like one that you would probably want to fix. You know where that is? It's with our emails. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's wherever they go. There's a, a lot of single socks in that place too. Yeah. <laughs> Two Lumbas and giant cave squigs. One of them being my um, my general. One fungoid cave shaman, and then the um, the loon boss on mangler squigs. Like I was saying earlier, um, and obviously you're not really expecting that much out of squigs um, when you're going up against you know a top tier army with the top tier player. Um, but I somehow managed to pull it through without getting tabled to turn five. And it was a very nice. close game. Um, maybe about seven points difference that was made on the last turn um, with Matt. So uh, off the top of my head, I can't remember the mission because I was more eyes glazed over trying to remember this Kronspine. Uh, Classic. Uh, rule set, to be honest. And um, my initial impressions were that it just took so much utility out of his army for an unkillable monster. Um, and that it was kind of like, it was kind of ha- hard to imagine how I was going to kill it. Um, because like on paper, yeah, it makes sense. But even when you're throwing that many mortal wounds at it, um, you know, for anybody who's not played like a squig heavy army, you can just uh, throw an inordinate amount of mortal wounds, but you're, you're going to die, but you can throw them no matter what. Sure. And so it, it presented a very interesting opportunity for him. And a lot of that um, 
was more noticeable, like in retrospect, in that um, it's it almost feels like a support character with the largest area um, of effect that you can get, right? Um, that was also it. it how can I best describe it? Right, because it's it's a monster. It's like a just the it's one of the biggest bases you can get mm-hmm. with a twelve inch bubble around it. Yep, mm. it was it was a fast moving flying tank mm-hmm. that had amazing support and actually could do work, like yeah. uh, a seriously disturbing amount of work if you were not prepared for it. Um, well, I imagine much like Marathi, right? Like turn one and turn two even with a with a marathi or a shadow queen right like you can feel pretty confident about just trotting her up and just throwing her into the nastiest thing that they've got because you know that she can't be killed well it's the same thing that this thing has at least in its initial state the the funny thing and why i would probably not I can I'm not see saying the, that's like the, no, the no, I can, big I can, brain play, but you know, <laughs> I can see the comparison to Marathi um, in that it's like, oh, here's another muddle that like the, it just feels impossible to kill for a couple of turns, right? In play, and at least from Matt, um, it didn't feel like Marathi at all because Marathi really needs to be around the army to have that area of effect to kind of like seal the deal for what makes Daughters of Cain work as like sure. you know the the hammer with like a million scalpels, you know, stapled to it. Um, I don't know how you do that, but that's, that's the imagery I'm going for. Nice. Um, whereas the Kronspine, um, it, it could, it can hold a flank. It can like actually hold a flank and hold it by itself for at least two turns. Um, and the, the situations where it won't be able to do that, um, that's the rest of your army is completely fine. And now you're, you're able to hold the table. Um, and that being said, I don't play high damage armies. It's mostly movement. So I'm sure like some of the other builds um, would do fine on it. It doesn't mm-hmm. have a great armor save. I think it was uh, four, four up. up. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, you can throw you just it. need to do, you need to do what? Seven. Is that my right in thinking? You need to do seven damage too. I'd say twelve yeah, to be safe. Definitely, definitely that. Again, I'm missing, I think that, was, I'm missing that paragraph. In it the, was either two d six or three d six that they get to roll for it. Yeah. Oh, so like you want to do sort of. you want to do you want to do twelve to like have a chance, and then um, you know the sweet spot is obviously like sixteen or higher, right? So because yeah, then you you're wanna, guaranteed, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. So you want to get a lot in there and it's obviously it's doable, but, um, at the, at the same point in time, like it's such, a, I can see a lot of players using it in the way that Matt did, which is, um, as of holding a flank, moving up, um, and taking any shooting so that the rest of the army that actually does the work, like, you know, gets up to where they need to do that work. Um, the, the thing that again surprised me the most about it uh was that the uh commandability like <clears throat> throw up that it could do mm. the uh i think i think it'll be really really good to uh be like kind of a uh turn 1 turn 2 blitz and get into something with a 12 inch move maybe 10 inch i think 
I think it's 10. Um, I saw a 12 inch move, but 12 inch move I'm is not trusting empowered. anymore. You'd have to kill a monster, <laughs> which in this meta, that's actually pretty easy to do, especially with the amount of attacks that it has. Sure. It will eat almost any unit alive that I have in any of my armies. Um, one, uh, so one any real army be... can probably just tank it. No problem. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, two, two thoughts of that, just as, as baby interjection one, because it's interesting to note here with that command ability is it's a little unclear to me whether you couldn't get two command abilities on something if you're clever about it by doing this, because what it says in the book is that it doesn't work on things that have already received the command phase, mm-hmm. the command ability. But if they're not the ones who've been explicitly given it, does that leave open some possibility that then you can stack some other thing, like a double attack or whatever? Probably not, but you never know. This could be one of those things you see in a tournament if, if it's ruled otherwise. But yeah, yeah. I uh, mean, I would always err on the side of caution for that one and deny myself the ability for it, uh, to be honest. Same here. I, I don't. I don't think it should go the other way, but it's, it's a bit murky. <laughs> yeah, but I'm cut you off there. Oh no, no worries. Uh, I think. I think the other piece, which is sort of just a interesting to note, is that this thing is the ultimate tar pit. Yeah. Right. I mean, like I know we were talking about the flanks, but if nothing can retreat from it, you put you put like their entire army tied against a big base within three inches. It is doing nothing else. I could see shooting armies loving this. Just bring one of these things. Yeah, it would be interesting for that. Um, it definitely feels like a much better go track for for something like KO. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because it doesn't inspire that that level of rage that go track does. Oh, in sure, yeah, yeah. Well, go track. <laughs> I mean, go track is just rage incarnate. He's just um, a little man who's so mad. And uh, I, I think <laughs> I think the and that that speaks to a point with. Uh, some of my problems with Gotrek in general is just that much on a tiny base means it's much more maneuverable for Gotrek. Sure. The Kronspine, you could easily screen out your stuff for a turn or two turns. Sure. Um, well, that's that's the point, is then you've got KO and you're shooting those screens and the screens just go away. Yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, uh, I meant more in like that um, he's, uh, he's faster than Gotrek while still being arguably is tanky i'm sure like the the ha, the <laughs> the math on how tanky gotrek actually is is super weird and I, I you know i've given up trying to figure it out but uh he's arguably in the same tier of tankiness he's about the same number of points mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um that's true and, uh, and he's more flexible than gotrek because gotrek is he's got a he's a he's a heat he's not even a heat seeking missile he's a unguided missile yeah, he's he's he goes in one direction Zamboni. and he cannot change directions. <laughs> he's a Zamboni is correct. I've had the I've had so many different games where I'm just like, oh, you brought Gotrek. Good. I'm on the other side of the field now. Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah. yeah. Um where where this thing feels like I, I I can see it in a lot of actually I think Lumineth will get the most work out of this for um for shooting armies. Sure. Um, I could see, you know, I could honestly see them even dropping techless and just throwing as many archers as they could into this. Um, and then having this just go up the field while the archers do the real damage. Please don't sure. do that. I don't want to see that. Yeah, I don't want to have to deal with that. 
whatever um, thing you were going to use to get to them, just tagged by this thing sitting there for three turns getting pin cushioned. Yeah. And it, it, uh, it functions very interestingly because as soon as it gets to where it needs to go, and if you've got it stuck into enough combats, you can keep all those people there while the rest of the army catches up, then takes advantage of the plus one to hit. And there's the flank just disappeared. And, and I, I guess it's from my theory hammering. I don't know if you encountered this, Matt, when you were playing other Matt, the Matt off, but Eminem back. <laughs> guess hey. who's back? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> was, I just imagine like if someone has left a monster even remotely nearby as a snack, like especially one of those medium weight ones that like, you know, I love to use, you know, for chaos. Like mm-hmm. a chimera or a gorgon. Yeah. So a chimera's a gone. Gobbled right up sure. easily, free level. It's like Mario getting one of those green mushrooms, and you're just never getting rid of this thing. Yeah, um, and uh, that's that's where I can see this becoming a real problem um, in the future if they continue to release stuff like this. Um, mm. We're already in like a is it a, a high high octane turn one and two uh damage as much as you can uh kind of i guess meta in our area which is just alpha strike try and nuke something right away um and like yeah i can see this being uh, a great way of kind of like getting around that but also uh, it's kind of terrifying to think of how this could actually add to that too um I don't know. It's it's an interesting model. Uh, and in play, it has so much utility that like when like I, I didn't feel like obviously it has the killing power, right? Mm-hmm. But um I didn't feel that it was going to be something that would like wipe the floor with me. Even after like it going into a bunch of squigs, it's Still couldn't kill off all the squigs in every every turn that I was in. Um, you know, it comes down to rolls and yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, what was it? Six attacks base. So is that right? Six attacks base and then uh, one eight, attack. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess there's no. Oh, yeah. Add one per level. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. if it's like down to its weakened state, if it's alive at level one, which means you've already done like 20 wounds to it to make it go down one, right? So mm-hmm. you've already weakened it. Then it's the seven and a two. Yeah. So that's still pretty, pretty good. <laughs> it's a good amount of attacks, but like everything now, I feel like we've been conditioned to be dealing with Ren minus two and Ren minus three quite a bit. And more so, like, I think for me, um, safe stacking and yeah, with safe. Save stacking, and then like this kind of weird like sub meta emerging of like, ah, screw having all the saves. Let's just put as many wounds on the table as we can, which is really fun that that's starting to emerge. Yeah, it's like, look, you can't possibly deal three hundred damage this game. Yeah, like, like go <laughs> ahead. Here's like that's that's the whole reasoning behind the uh, dragon ogre list and the squig list is like mm-hmm. here, uh, here's forty five wounds. Here's forty eight wounds. Yeah, here's 80 wounds. Um, well, I guess it would only be 60 sure. wounds in one squad. We can only like, wait until fun. we can only hope, wait and see when uh Skaven get their book, and then it's all of a sudden it's like, all right, here's 200 clan rats, and and here's the rest of my army. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, looking forward and, to that. 
The 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 funny thing is the Kron Spine would be another great addition to that. Like I feel like it it plops in and it acts as a great support character in addition to being a wrecking ball. Yeah. Um but again, I felt like it was more it did more work supporting uh his army than it really did like killing stuff off. And sure. the 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 scariest thing about it is that you cannot run away from it once you're stuck in with it. Um, but that's also to its detriment. If it can't kill something, it's stuck there. Yeah. So like it it's had totally there. it had some deficiencies, and the the movement was actually less than I thought it would be. I guess normally you see models that size that can fly, and they're like, ah, we're gonna go fourteen. <laughs> yeah. Um, it it is amazing, like. Um, those models they do have like you know for other for the they do have large movement abilities they tend to right mm-hmm. um, and I'm thinking of like Archeon or the Ironclad even before it could just teleport whenever it wanted mm-hmm. you know any of these models in these huge bases because if you get one of those things down to like six inch move because it's degraded or something it's done it it, it can't move anywhere yep like there's just nowhere for it to go because either it can't get around something or like it just you it it doesn't move far enough to displace its own base exactly. at a certain point exactly. and so like a 12 inch move on a model with that big of a um footprint it really just doesn't feel like much and uh it doesn't degrade i should say that the movement does not degrade in the same. Oh, that's nice yes. oh really yeah, and the, the the table? the radius seemed to degrade. The domination yeah, radius, the domination uh, goes gotcha. all the way down to eight. But that's gotcha. about where where it goes. Uh, See, here a quick aside. Oh, continue. <laughs> here I was thinking I was prepared, and I was reading domination range as movement, movement range because that makes total sense. I can read. I read very well. <laughs> 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 we found out and you know the yeah. more you know <laughs> well this will be interesting i know you know uh we talked about how in our current meta of having lots of monsters around you know a quick snack for this thing can mean you know uh it sticks around for the whole game um but i noticed they teased recently uh the new ghb called it i totally called it i knew uh, it was going to be battle line which yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense. Um, it, it is fair. It is fair. Um, I wonder if they'll go even farther and make it like infantry. But that would you know, make I mean, they sense. haven't said anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great. Like, uh, or 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 natural battle line, not unnatural battle line, or something like that. Or models of like two wounds or less would be my guess. Really? Sure. Yeah. Like, or like thirty-two millimeter bases or lower kind of thing. You know, not like yeah. big monster match type things which and, that'll be nice that'll yeah be nice. i will say it made me feel very good uh given my death project right now in the the vampire lands which i think you both are aware of <laughs> which is the the 200 zombies yeah i was just adding some more to them i only have 120 assembled zombies on the correct basis but the other uh, 60 are just sitting there <laughs> that's that's how they get you i actually uh uh took my took my death out uh the other the other weekend uh the weekend i got back from california actually uh very existential (laughs) the uh all black night list and uh the guys from dark tower up in billingham we're having a uh club day and uh, myself and kirk who's been on here um yeah i was so sad i couldn't make it to that one 
It was it, a lot of fun. I, I always like playing those guys. And Dark Tower is such a fun little store. Yeah, you know, it, if you're in it, Bellingham, go like go check it out. They're they're a great store. I was not. I bought a hat. Get their hats. Did. They have good hats. I bought a book. Good to know. <laughs> um, and if you're not in Bellingham, find a reason to get to Bellingham. That there place is awesome. It's on your way to um, Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> It's in the side of the entrance to the town. <laughs> yeah. But um Death Death is still good. That's one of those books that just it's so good. It's like even Legions Legions of Nagash still I felt had some weight, even if it was just power crept to the bottom of the barrel. There was still yeah. something in there that you could use. I think that's uh, fair. We're, we're definitely going to end up there. You know, the second we get to this infantry book, or we got already called the infantry book, but the battle line book. I mean, if it does anything for those unit choices that the GER book has done for monster choices in 2021, yeah, there'll be a lot of utility because having a lot of infantry has still been good in these situations that haven't right. exactly ever fallen away. Yeah. And I mean, I guess that that brings us to like the the big question of like where where is the game going to go from here? Like, are we getting more of the like the the implication is that we're getting more of these incarnates, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will posit a theory. Um, you know, some of the abilities that make this thing especially scary or problematic in terms of like sticking stuff in combat are from the GUR probably. So we might see a pretty wild swing in power levels where some are a real big hit and some are kind of a more more miss in terms of match play, you know, tournament scene stuff when they come out. But I think we're going to see these things coming out periodically, almost like slow roll, endless spell releases uh, every once in a while. You can see a a Necro Quick style box with a couple of them come out. Yeah. Just give me a giant inverted pyramid. That'd be awesome. If they will go with my shards of Valen Tor, whatever it's called. What was (laughs) that? My shards of Valagar. Yes, Valagar. There we go. Yeah, I got those too. They're awesome. You know, <laughs> I think I just sent you another set there, Jack. You're really good. <laughs> I, I I have a surfeit of riches, as they would say. Um, yeah, I, I I was looking at my boxed Bellacor, and I realized I'd just gotten sent one. I was like, you can stay in here for a while. <laughs> uh, but I, I digress. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it right now. I think. If I just have to put my chips down, what they're going to do mm-hmm. is release a themed terrain box for every realm with an incarnate in the center, and it's going to be 220 each time. And some of them are going to be really cool. If you want themed boards for like Akshi or Haman or like Shayish, and I would really get behind that. I think you know that's cool. That's great stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think. I, actually, Jack, I'm going to take that one further. Um, I think they're going to start doing that. And then forget to keep doing it around two boxes in. When people get tired of it and they're not selling as well. Yep. Yeah. Well, Good by idea. then we'll be on, what, fifth edition, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and we will have finished this podcast. Right? I mean, I mean I think, this episode. Uh, right, yeah. We'll be long gone. <laughs> um, right? I mean, 40K seems like they're gearing up for a 10th edition next summer. I hope so. Oof. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> um, that's what you said about 8th edition. <laughs> and 
that's what I said about seventh edition. And now I'm enjoying seventh edition again. Just wish, just missing the glory days of uh, of uh, having to roll dice and then argue with my opponent about which direction the arrow is pointing for my blast markers. Yeah, gotta love that. Not, not to go on a terribly fun 40k tangent, but because we're there, I think it'd be really funny if they did pull sort of a Warhammer Fantasy battle into Age of Sigmar kind of move on the 40k scene to do a hard reset, oh, where it was man. like oh. an Imperial Guardsman's dream. He just woke up and it's released five new armies and that was it uh it'd be what wonderful. a crazy bender nightmare Not that'd, be, that'd be hilarious and sad and wonderful all at once <laughs> collective 40k sphere would lose their minds <laughs> yeah. kind of uh Moving in a direction back to the back to this podcast, though, I think uh, coming on off that guardsman, I remember. Um, I think it was last year they released that guardsman updates brew that took the old Cadian kit and really gave it a bunch of heads, gave it some female torsos, gave you know, like really brought mm-hmm. it into line and gave you a lot more options. Uh, and they were they definitely teased recently that that was coming to the. Uh, citizens of the empire with their floofy pantaloons and uh, befeathered caps. That's true. I mean, and I'm all about that. There's going to be a practical pants sprue coming. <laughs> <laughs> so you think you think it's going to be an add-on to the old, like the new Dawnbringers stuff is going to just be an add-on to the current models? Oh, I don't know. Um, but I think yeah, something like a refresh of, um, you know, some of the empire line. You know, for a vanilla humans faction to have some some options. I I remember buying that box that those handgunners, those with a two piece. It was the mm-hmm. gun and then just the the rest of the model, right? When that sure. when that box came out, and I was so excited. But they're all the they're all up like and, this because they had to be in yeah 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 information um, back in the day. Yeah, I, I remember getting that, and now it's just like man, okay. I did have an entire empire army, um, and I would never paint one today. Those pantaloons are too much, just too much for me. <laughs> they MC so... hammered my way all the way through that. Not today. But imagine how well they take the contrast mat. It's just they're made for it, right? <laughs> this is true. This is true. Here you go the way uh, our our dear friend Ian had the the soldier, the men of ketchup and mustard. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> he had the. Uh, the sort of howling griffins uh quartered red and yellow uh empire <laughs> yeah uh, what was that that was hot well for mary mccheese you know yeah <laughs> wasn't that an actual like faction though uh they were nominally uh they were the one next to averland right averland had the black and yellow and then these guys were the one next to them that had more of a red and yellow but they use the Averland rules because yep. <laughs> oh, bring me back to those, those right? guys. Yeah. Well, it will be a nice refresher to the range. I really hope it comes out and it look gritty and amazing because some of the fiction you get around like these poor settlers trying to make their way out to you know their outposts, the Dawnbringer stuff, pretty compelling. But it's hard to imagine these guys with their completely fluffed up you know arms and pantaloons like dragging themselves to the mud, right. infested with whatever kind of horrible things might be in the Gurish landscape. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. It'll be nice to see some grim dark in like our high fantasy game, right? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, 
there's something funny. I think uh, this is probably poaching a joke from a podcast that Jack and I listen to, which is Legends of the Penny Men. Um, if you guys haven't listened to that, go check them out. They're hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and Legends of the Panty Man, if you're listening to this podcast, we're giving yeah, you credit. Absolutely. Yeah. Please come on and be guest stars. That would be amazing. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> do um, right. But like, uh, you know, Sigmar makes it to the mortal realms after clinging to the molten core of the world for a thousand years or whatever, meets the Star Drake. And then humans coalesce again. And he's like, you know what we need to do? I need to dress you guys like all of my dead friends. <laughs> <laughs> we're wearing the pants and we're eating soft pretzels. <laughs> that's perfect, we have though. That's, feathers into caps. That, that's the perfect lead into Dawnbringers because that is exactly the start of a horror movie where Sigmar is the villain. Yeah. And then we can go full circle right back into, you know, the grim dark of 40K there with it. There we go. Um, <laughs> Oh my god, that's true. <laughs> the I I'm excited for for the models. I have a feeling they're going to remind me a lot of Sisters of uh Sisters of Battle. Um, sure. quite a bit. They have that kind of baroque feel to the mm-hmm. pieces that they showed. Mm-hmm. Um but I again, forward thinking, I wonder what they're going to do to differentiate them from cities and, you know, here's the follow-up for that is like what is going to happen to cities i've already lost my widows i've already lost my wonders i mean i think uh and this is complete tinfoil hat i uh i think dawnbringer is just the new cities book yeah in the way that uh soul blight soul blight grave lords is just the new legions in a gash and don't don't say that to uh don't say that too far into the into the soul or the uh the legions of nagash book because man losing some of the ability to use some of those units oh yeah oh, i'm not saying so like bad. you know yeah i'm not, not saying being it's a able perfect to bring analogy spirit i just mean like the you know the, well the new book I, comes out the faction name has changed yeah, I yeah. will lean a little bit toward your tinfoil hat direction with maybe more moderate take i bet you what it is is the cities remain but the Donbringer Crusades are like another faction. So instead of a city, you are having a crusade faction because they're a bunch of muddy travelers trying to set up a scrappy outpost. It doesn't kind of matter whether it's from Anvil Guard or from you know, Tempest Sai or whatever. They are eating the same terrible soup using the same <laughs> terrible latrines, and they're just as fearful of death. So I think maybe maybe that's my theory right there. We'll see what plays out. There we go. Well, it definitely brings some variation in. I, I do wonder, like, cities has become such a almost bloated rule set like mm-hmm. set throughout so many different releases now that are playable that it's um it's kind of like, most of them are underwhelming sure. uh the lumineth one was hilariously dumb uh thinking of that one yeah um settlers gain is that what you're thinking i, I think we that? had a whole podcast about that one how dumb it was yeah i think we did that was our that was our too many books uh, yeah. <laughs> one, I think we tried to review what three books in, or two two oh books in a row. That was and, uh, that was ambitious. Yeah, let's that never be ambitious. that way again. Yeah, yeah let's <laughs> let's stick to uh, Games Workshop release uh, ideals. Yeah. Um, um but, on on the subject of the books, and maybe to, to bring it back a bit to this Thondian 
business we have with the cron spines and, and mm-hmm. this thing. Uh, I think it might be worth noting, and maybe it's an open question, uh, maybe one that Matt, you have some insight to, given the fact the open just happened, and I'm sure Matt was thinking about this, is they've stated this thing is not the new GHB, right? Mm-hmm. But it has a whole lot of match play rules and sort of the sort of statement that you can use the Thund and Expanse rules if you want, but there's a whole set of grand strategies, there's a whole set of tactics, there's a couple new battalions through funky things. And I, you know, I, I haven't really heard much feedback on whether this is all just legal, whatever you want to do in terms of a tournament, you could just assume that, or if it's going to be one of those things where your TO is going to have to say, Hey, we're using the Thundian, you know, battle tactics, or we're using the GHP battle tactics or have fun, use whatever you want. Cause I could see it making a pretty big difference. Um, couple examples i'm not going to read off the whole list to me that would be a bit too boring but there is a grand strategy just keep your incarnate alive that's something people could do there's a battalion where you take an incarnate hero like up to three troops and all of those things have to die for the thing to become wild and unbound making it much easier to keep it around if you have special heroes and that that's a one drop too so it's like there's all sorts of weird stuff that could be pretty you know prevalent i think if this is just something where people will go to war scroll builder knowing that this is all part of what they get to do (laughs) i think and um this may just be kind of how it it, so like matt didn't get into anything in the book him and i did not talk about anything else in the book other than here's this terrifying model and i'm trying (laughs) to get you're you're gonna be my test for uh for uh seattle open uh which was in tacoma by the way open it's the sorry u.s open in seattle which but it was in tacoma Tacoma, so people who are not from the area which i'm not from the area but i've lived here long enough to i guess it'd be like having the u.s open boston in worcester yeah or the u.s (laughs) open dc in baltimore because isn't Tacoma to the south, kind of like a pretty yeah, good it's leg? Like a, it's like a good hour, maybe an hour, yeah, hour, hour and a half with traffic. You're like, so bad you're with gonna, your times. It's like 45 <laughs> minutes from whatever, Seattle proper. Know, but, but like you could host, <laughs> you could host like this the U.S. Open in Seattle and like Tukwila, and I'd be like, okay, kind of close-ish. But if you're going to Tacoma for the one time I've driven through it, yeah, it, it's sort of like. You don't feel like you're in the city at all. You feel far away now. Yeah, I mean it. It it's it feels like the exact same distance from DC to Baltimore. It feels like it. Not to say it is. Don't quote me. Don't Google Maps me. Yeah. Um. But the 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 thing that um that really kind of stood out to me after seeing this, and you know, we always have rumor mills going mm-hmm. uh, nowadays uh, that like AOS is just picked up in uh in popularity uh which side tangent i'm really pissed that they didn't have any streams of those tables for aos and it was only 40k yeah which come on guys aos is such a more fun competitive game than 40k has been for years grumpy grump um also i i don't know i think uh i mean i'm certainly biased but i think aos is like Neither of them is a spectator sport. Neither of them oh, is. Yeah. I think AOS is a much better spectator sport than 40k. 
Oh, much definitely because you're yeah. you're you're invested on the turn rolls. Like every yeah. part of the game is and, well, and much more of the action happens with models close together. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Also, I mean, it's a movement based game. Or arguably, both are, but like yeah. movement really matters a lot, and that's what you can see in a camera. You see little mans or monsters move in different places, and so the configuration is what you're watching. I mean, if if you're watching a 40k game, it's like you know you have to somehow interpret through your imaginarium all the different bullets and laser beams that are whizzing by from like four to eight inches over that way to here and it's it's hard to follow unless you're already an expert in the game well yeah i mean and if you don't even down to like if you don't know the unit names like you're not going to know what people are shooting at because they're not right next to each other right right yeah. even even past imagination it's just harder to follow um but the uh the thing with this book, uh, and what I kind of, I have an idea of what maybe they will do is this is going to sit around, um, once they move to the new GHP and this will still be something where players can still live in the realm of Gur. uh, TOs can still play with the rules, uh, from realm of Gur. Mm-hmm. uh, changed a bit and it won't be like locked into the GHB. Um, you know, we have had uh, how many months of the GHP now? Has to be eight, something like that. Yeah, eight or nine, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and, so many, so many that they've teased the next GHP. Well, and and so the GHP that we're currently in is, uh, I'll I'll say it, it's kind of stale. It's a little stale sure. showing well, up and playing those missions. Gotten to this point, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, like it's great that they have these extra missions. You can still have that feel of Realm of Gur. Um, this is all supposition because, like, <laughs> I have not read the book. Uh, <laughs> Jack, but, Jack, can you confirm there are new missions in this book? <laughs> uh, yes, there are new missions. Also, if I, I page through it a bit, just give it a whiff. It smells of the Realm of Beasts. So yeah, the- <laughs> it's got that authentic realm of beast smell. Yes, that's uh, Hetty Musk. So you pay for the extra dollars. <laughs> nice. So they, they they light those candles that they've started making for uh, nice. for Warhammer next to it for the uh, package. Oh, yeah, I saw those. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, uh, oh, uh, we need to uh, make sure these are all lit, and then we shrink wrap. My I will say my favorite thing about the reveal of the new General's Handbook, one, it's got a cool rock cut troll on it, which is great. Yep. But two, it's still spiral bound. Yeah. yeah. And it still has the little rubber band. Which is amazing. I'm, yeah. I'm glad they're keeping it in there. I know I totally. uh, the, the, uh, the 40K, 40K had some have, problems. They've been off and on with up. that. But I got to say the spiral bound is easily the best feature of the whole book. Yeah, um, I I, just, I just like the little the rubber band thing. Oh, that, yeah, that makes my life so much easier. It, it improves the utility of this book as a as a thing that you have at your at your, you know, table side. Yeah, just so much. Yeah, I would agree and, with that. And I'm, I don't know is is the Thrandia one uh, spiral bound, Jack? No, no, this Not. is a tisk like tisk. It's like a normal you know uh, army book. Like a normal, like a, like regular a campaign book, book like uh, Bellacore, uh, Marathi, or something, right? 
Exactly. It's just like that. You know, nice to sit there, you know, with your glass of wine or your Pepsi and read, you know, your your chair, but it's not really useful at a table where arguably you can never find a space. <laughs> like yeah. Sure. Yeah. As much as you make the space, somehow it always disappears, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a great stand in when people finally, you know, get bored of the next GHB and they're like, oh, we've got this whole mission in this realm that you know i i I, what is it maybe about halfway through the next ghb people are like oh man i'm so sick of whatever two wound models or um or battle line units let's go and pull out all my gorgons right right um and there was something really nice i know there were some that were very problematic but there was something very nice in second edition about having all of those realm rules where you could take missions and give them a little bit of a twist yeah, most definitely. You know, because you were in a certain realm, you know, and you could do a themed event um, just to keep things fresh. I love that, honestly. It's like it's really <laughs> reason to read the mission packet, right? And you'd right. always have some kind of cool thing. And there definitely were times you'd have really fun results. I think I've told uh, Miles a story before, but just to give everyone a Flavor Town throwback to second. I, I once was playing uh, a friend who had the uh, wizard uh, city, I forget his name, you know, the one that has Hallowheart. And he had all of his wizards and his wizard college, and they're, you know, like a cer- celestial hurricane mm-hmm. behind this giant block of like swordsmen, you know, doubting men at arms, defending their wizard, you know, overlords from the attacks of a bunch of ogres. But one of the shamans from the ogre peoples managed to use the realm spell, it's because Realm of Light teleported the whole block to the other side of the table and just had like a feast day literally with all the wizards because like that's the crazy stuff that could happen in second it was fun yeah yeah and i i hope that continues to open up a little bit more i know the the kind of fast pace that we have with just like getting the armies back up to speed because when the uh what is it stormcast and uh, the orcs book came out. It felt like it felt like you were if you were not playing those two armies, you were fighting up a hill. Um, yeah, sure. And so, like seeing the the couple of books that have come out since then, like I I got a fire slayer army that I'm slowly working on and have played. Um, they're they're solid. Like every book is solid in the context of the game as it's moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um. And they're all very, um, they're very thematic in how they work as well. Um, but like, there's there's almost a point where um, I hope I'm hoping for the game that they they reintroduce some of that wackiness, um, have something that throws us off on a mission. You know, one of my favorite things was. Um, it was the orb one that would just move around the map. Oh, yeah, yeah. That oh, was a yeah, huge yeah. pain in the ass. But uh... It was a massive pain in the ass, but it was something that you had to build towards, right? Yeah. And um, and that, that kind of wackiness, even at, just at that level of the missions, meant, meant for uh, more variables in a game, which I, I found was a better test of my skill than, like, here's a mission, you do this, you do that, you do that, you do that. I agree with that uh, like 100%, Matt, because I think when that stuff is present, you make it less of an easy and obvious choice for someone to net list or get a cookie card list that does certain things because the variables are low enough to know that's always going to work. Yeah, That's 
better for generalship and better for fun. But you know, of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I I, I know it, it's like what two two sides of the same two sides of a different coin in the same pocket, I guess. How about that? Um, you know, because like a lot of people I I don't know where I'm going <laughs> with it either. Uh yeah, it's it's you know, there's there's several different types of thinking about competitive play. And um you know, I lo- I know that a lot of uh friends of mine from the Doll Wars team, I know, you know, uh Matt's a huge proponent of this. Um and I'm not gonna put words in his mouth. Um uh, but uh, just you know, surface level uh, with how I see him build his list, mm-hmm. the there there's that that thinking of um, there's there's I guess our our style of thinking that we're talking about, Jack, which is uh, strength through adversity, right? Um, versus the um, versus the amount of the the least amount of dice you have to roll, the more competitive the game is, right? Does that make any sense? Yeah, I, I sort of a min-maxing, minimizing risk factors just yeah. to get certain results. It's consistency play. You know, it's sort of finding total efficiency. Yeah. We're we're like if you're if you're thrown to the winds by the mission itself, like you're you're gonna get enough randomness that you have to react um outside of that. And uh I, I like that random randomness. I yeah. hope they, they they will continue to introduce that. Yeah, well, you know, one thing, I mean, just from running all those second edition, you know, events and doing, you know, writing those custom narrative ones for years, like, it doesn't take very much to add a wrinkle to the mission. It can be a very light touch that can add a lot of intrigue, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be like, no one can run, right? Like, <laughs> or something like that, or, or here's an easy to cast spell that can teleport something all the way across the map against your opponent's will, you know, or whatever. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> there's always a spicy meatball, <laughs> right. It can be, uh, your minus, uh, you know, uh, re-rolling ones near objectives this yeah. time, you yeah. know, uh, you know, within a tight range of the, you know, while you're in scoring range, maybe, or, yeah. or, 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 um, you know, forced re-rolling sixes when you're near objectives. Or something like you know, like have it be the other way. I don't know, but it could be something as light as that 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 is not a huge change to the probability factor of the game. That uh, you know is just enough to throw you off balance. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think like get six scatter dice, and then you have to only use those for your movement, right? You know, for the rest of the game on turn three onwards. <laughs> oh my god. How about that? How about that? Um, I love that idea. It's so funny. Miles is like, oh my god. You have to sum up. Oh my the, god, the don't run any tournaments. Never. <laughs> You're too quick. Like, <laughs> you know, measure all the angles and like sum the vector to then mm-hmm. figure out how far they move and in what direction. <laughs> I, I just I just love that idea. Here's another one. What about fantasy throwback? Randomly determined. If you get that rule on your game at that tournament, you have to guess the range or whether you're in range before you shoot, just like oh. you used to. Uh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> That's great. I used, to be, I used to be so good at knowing whether something was exactly 12 inches away or not. Yeah, if you look at Deadeye, it's really, literally it's a skill right. which has been allowed to atrophy. <laughs> <laughs> Very much. I mean, now, 
now there's like there's not a single thing where you you kind of have to dead eye it, right? Maybe spacing your units out if you're going fast enough. Um, yeah, but a lot of that, you know, people have little tools and widgets and whatever to yeah, or space movement trays to make yeah. sure like it's exactly maxed or whatever. Yeah, it's it's, it's a different era. Yeah, I just remember uh, Battlefleet Gothic using the uh, Nova cannons, where you had to guess where it was going to go. So I got really good at centimeters, guessing oh, nice. centimeters of all things. Oof. I'm American. I don't know how them <laughs> things works. In the dim depths of space, there's only the metric system. <laughs> but um, I think we learned that though in the wrong way. I remember that Mars mission in the what was that mid late two thousands? Some yeah. Anyway, I'm um I'm actually excited for the next couple of books that are coming out. Have you guys seen the um, all pervasive night haunt leaks? Yeah, yeah. I skimmed them. Oh boy, Um, they look like sheet ghosts. So. I really, I really think that uh, that G Dub has to be releasing these rumors way ahead of time just to keep us in the game. Like Slaves to Darkness players all rejoiced when that came out. We we're all sure. just like, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Night Haunt are going to be, I think, probably the biggest shakeup in the meta since the GHB. Sure. Well, it's progressively a meta of how much minus two rend can you get? Yeah. You know, beasts are proper screwed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and I really liked, I, I, I remember reading some of their allegiance abilities and I really liked that, um, that charging ability that they classically had where, you know, if you roll the nine, was it a nine or a, t- a hot ten. 10? It was a yeah, 10 or a high. Hot of 10 terror. On the charge. Yeah. You get to instantly fight and they still have that. Uh, if, if I remember right, but they also have stuff that happens on other, you know, roles too. So you can't quite predict it, but you get like, you get something. Yeah. As Excuse long me. as you make a charge, uh, something goes into effect. You can be, you're going to be, and I think it's cumulative, which makes yeah. it even more terrifying. It looked uh, like yeah, as long as you rolled right. higher than a four. But yeah. Did they, did they Ugh. keep, did they keep the fight twice thing? Cause I thought they removed that, but gave they, like a much broader band of good stuff. They make it so it's either they strike first or the unit they're attacking strikes last. Okay. Which is that's fair. Ooh, yeah. that's good. Let's um, not strike twice though, which is good. Yeah, though. that that's still way better, I think, personally, than the, the old one. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys have had this experience, but I, I enjoy playing Night Hunt, but I feel like I always would run up against them at tournaments. You know, it'd be like the first game, the third game or something. Mm-hmm. I'd have a good time, but to be in the back of my head, this thing where like you know, this this list could totally spoiler whatever I'm trying to do because it's like roll that ten and it's hard to deal with like if the ghosties get in and go twice with the right stuff, it's just like that hot hand will will end you. Right. Especially with more fragile armies. Yeah. And the we we have we have another person who is awaiting an email in our local meta. Oh. Um Dirk, who is uh, actually part of the I guess he's Victoria's Secret, but he, he's always been uh, synonymous never- with Dark Tower to me. Um, he's been playing he's the ghosts anymore. all the way through second edition. Um, yeah. Talk about I dedication. played Dirk. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's he's if, he's very fun player. Um, you but you hate it when he rolls man tens. Move 180 chain rasps around the board. 
He's your he, guy. He'll be cordial yeah. about it. Yeah. He'll be nice and cordial. He's like, this um, isn't going to work, but we're still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they, I mean, I mean, I know Miles and I would have the same conversation. We're like, we don't want to play Nine Haunt. We just don't want to play against them because it, it it's a lot. It, it was a lot of just randomness. You never really knew what was going to happen uh, because all of their powers were dependent on spiking rolls and. Uh, and the, it, the new book definitely it, takes away a lot of that randomness. It'll add bonuses mm-hmm. if you roll higher, but like, um, you know, I have a night on army that like I tried for about a month to just pilot. I remember that a couple of months ago, I think. And it was just like, they, they suffer from that where we've hit the end of second edition. We're an old book. And maybe one or two combos have survived and can do any work uh, in yeah. competitive meta. Um, and Grand Gargan, Matt, I don't know what to tell you. And uh, yeah. that Forge World thing. Oh, the the, uh, cool. Yeah, the more ghouls are awesome, though. They are. They're very cool. A lot of cool debuffs off those. And they just look amazing. Yeah. yeah. No, the whole army looks great. I mean, the, <coughs> uh, in another, if I had, if I had the time, you know. <laughs> well, uh, you have backed yourself in the corner of having to buy new armies, so yeah. I think you just <laughs> oh, found <dear>. away. <laughs> yeah, that's that's you there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're they're going to be pretty pretty drastic change to how the game is going to evolve. I think, well, that's which exciting. is good. I'd rather but, have an army that's um, w- one kind of much more predictable, right? Right. The the problem with the night, as we've said, you know, I don't mean to beat a dead horse, is that they were just they were so spiky, and there was nothing your opponent like the skill of your opponent. And Dirk is a good player. I'm not trying to like put this down on him, but like the, his skill had nothing to do with how how deadly that army is, uh, in any specific moment, in a lot yeah. of ways, right? Yeah. Um, and so. Uh, that's both fr- probably frustrating for him. Frustrating for me though, because I don't know what to be scared of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> that, that's I, that. I think that's that's the hallmark of a great great book, though. In general, though, I, I love it when I don't know what the right, right, right. priority well, is. Well, that's the thing is like, uh, um, I don't have to be scared with scared of because I can't. He, I know that he's just trying to roll the dice and get a ten. <laughs> You know, like yeah, he doesn't yeah. know what's going to happen either. And like, that's like some Joker level. Uh, do I look like a guy with a plan? Yeah. You know, kind of insanity. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, well, there was the two layers to the old version, right? There, there was the wave of terror craziness, which is mm-hmm. like they pop up out of nowhere and they charge you, you know, which given the ghosty abilities was pretty much ubiquitous. You could do it. And like, mm-hmm. yep, yeah, do that with a big unit of scaries, get a 10, support character anywhere nearby, curtains. Or, I have hit you with the universe, but because you're on roundable fours, can you roll fours? Like the Space Marine problem in reverse. You know, if you if you get good, uh, I, I tried to take down a Linder once. I think it actually came ahead with Kirk, and it was like she just would not die. It was pretty funny. We we're both laughing about nice. it. Like all those things Sigvald tried to do, but can't render. She's a sheet. <laughs> She's like the the last Terminator in the squad. Yeah, and she was the only, last Terminator in the squad. <laughs> only eight wounds on her still. They, I, I, oof. I don't, I don't get it. She's just. Yeah. She'll she'll last forever. The scariest thing, the scariest thing about that army right now, though, and how I think it'll change the game is that now all night haunt 
it's not just the dudes with the swords. All night hunt can still retreat and charge now. Oh, nice. Yes, that's that's terrifying. That which is, which feels amazing. like a very night hunt thing. Yeah, yeah. right. Because they're going for those. Like I feel like a lot of their power is going to come from those random abilities from the charge. Yeah. I'm I'm excited for them though. Like they deserve to be great. They're such cool models. It's a cool concept. I remember like when I saw them in second edition, they really were a breath of fresh air. The whole range. Yeah. No, now it's their time. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, we Speaking- all know that underneath that it, is just old man Willoughby trying to get up some money out of Scooby Doo kids. Right. Yeah. State, exactly. but- <laughs> uh, the 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 one thing I am not looking forward to because I still have a little bit to put together is the spirit host. I don't know. Have you guys you ever go. put together a unit of spirit host? I, I have not. I saw uh, we have a fellow Don in uh, or Dom. Sorry, Dom in uh, uh, the Boston scene who has a mighty number of spirit hosts, but I've never, they look like absolute, just terrifying to put together. It's like yeah. uh, trying to glue four J's onto a base and they all interlock somehow. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, there's, I mean, I'm going to advance a theory here on what I think is happening. Uh, somewhere deep in the bowels of Games Workshop HQ, there is one miniature designer, like with their CAD software or whatever, when I do the model cutting, it was got to be on par with like one of those Cenobites or like a Hellraiser. You know, it was like he's basically when he got finished making like the lament configuration, he went to do this and just started figuring out ways to make it hard to assemble cool kits. He definitely <laughs> made the Bliss Barb Archers. I'm sure he had oh, a hand in these, you know. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. s- speaking of uh, cool kits that look like an absolute nightmare to assemble, the new uh, winged um, Sylvaneth guys, the. The spirit? No, no, that's the that's the cavalry. The Gossamid archers. I'm so excited. Those guys look amazing, and so do the so do the bug riders, the dragonfly yeah. riders, for that matter. They, yeah. they literally released the two things that I've been like, we really, 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 really need this as a tree army to not play all well, Karnoth hunters. And I was yeah. laughing about that because I think I Jack was were we talking we were playing Elden Ring the other day and just like I was like yeah they released the exact two things that Matt said they needed. <laughs> yeah, you know he, he he said it, and you know I agree with you. Like um, it, I had some mixed feelings about the release. I'll say this: I felt like. Yes, they're going to be great units. I don't. I don't think I've seen the rules form or anything if, they, if they've been leaked. But it, the uh, functional utility they seem to be giving is great. It's like kind of when they're filling holes, like with this book, and it, it's good. It looked a bit like cool new Fern Gully side to it. I like that. Yeah. Um, well, and they got the right. They the Arch Revenant always had those cool wings, and no one else had anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Which theory that's going to be battle line if you've got the arch revenant nice right there yeah that'll be that'll be pretty neat i mean it, it'll be a cool new direction to it i mean I, I mean i'm sure we'll see tons of them coming up soon i mean with the... sorry go ahead oh continue sorry matt <laughs> but I mean, just just the amount of the amount of people that are just sitting on sylvaneth i can i can fill up my hands with that from people in the local meta of people that just <laughs> we can't play sylvaneth because we're we're either not that good or uh we're at the level of beasley where we're like no i'm not going to play that because i can play this other thing and i can play it and you know take first yeah um but i'm I'm looking at one of these and like okay it's got the base it's got the tactical rock right 
And then this guy's like the front part of his foot, which is also a tree, not like the base of his foot. The front part of his foot is grazing the rock. And his other foot is just dangling in midair. He's got an arm stretched out with a bow, an arm stretched out with an arrow, it looks like, just pointing off in a random direction. He's got dangly hair. He's got three different tree branches and four wings. Like, there's no chance that this thing goes together smoothly. Or stays together. You're actually hitting (laughs) upon the principles of the designer. I've named it. I was going to say, you found our Cenobite designer. Yeah, he's the designer. And so whenever he, you know, pieces together the newest kit in the hell dimension that you need to buy, but rebuy because it breaks. I mean, it has to follow the rules of one spindly, never to be fixed if it breaks contact point. Then at least four or five really hard to account for things to snag on stuff or get oh, caught in God, any yeah. kind of carrying case outside of some sort of magnetic suspension. And Perfection. maybe even that, because it's still physically on a base. I think I think my favorite part of these kits, though, is the ammo bug. I don't oh, know if yeah. anybody's looked at them really oh, closely. Oh, there's an ammo bug? I'm but yeah, they, they all have like a little, <laughs> like a beetle that's on their thighs that's like latched on that they're literally pulling the arrows out of. Yep. Yeah, it started with the Kurnoth Hunters with the arrows. They have little little beetle bugs. Nice. That's uh, my favorite. I, I honestly, so every Cenobite has like, you know, a, a, a shtick and it got really bad in the third Hellraiser film okay. where there was a, <laughs> there was a DJ in a club that was turned into a half Cenobite and, um, and he, he was the worst one, uh, because he had laser di- or, uh, CDs and laser discs and he shot them and killed people with them. Oh, I heard about that one. That didn't seem gimmicky. I didn't, I didn't see how it was. Oh, um, and um it didn't have ryan reynolds in it so i couldn't be bothered <laughs> love me some ryan reynolds um actually fun fact uh superman like, he's in blade three right that's the that's, that was yeah the no no no. but here's here's a fun fact for all of you people who uh who don't like movies as much as i do or hellraiser uh for that end uh superman uh whatever that actor's name is sure um God, I feel like I'm blanking. He is in the fourth or fifth one that is about video games. That's one of his first roles was in Hellraiser. Oh, there you cool. go. Henry Cavill. Yeah, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill? Yep. Yeah, he's a, he's a video game nerd. He, he stayed true to his heart with that role. Also um, a Warhammer celebrity. He was at Warhammer World. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I, I think... Uh, um, to stay on the Cenobite tangent here. Yeah, Jack, it's not Christopher Reeves wasn't in Hellraiser. <laughs> <laughs> could have been. He could have been one of the bodies in the background. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> oh no. Uh, um, are we gonna cut that bit? I don't know. No, I think <laughs> I think we should leave it in and just have that dark, horrible yeah. moment. Um we need a little bit of sensationalism for ratings. That's how we're gonna yeah, crack right. 60. <laughs> That's how we do it. That's how we do it. Um, but I, I think the, the GW Cenobite will be like the guy that has like all of the extra pieces, like the bits glued to his hands. Oh, nice. And like there's like, you know, a glue bottle like stuck to the side of his face. Like (laughs) screw guy. Yeah. He he embodies the spiky bits rule. Yeah. And his, 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 uh, his, his feet are entirely made of Legos. So it's like reverse. 
So like he steps on you with its sprues, but like in the way that, you know, how it really hurts to step on a Lego. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think that's how he does it. I like, I I would like that. I I guess one alternative GW centibytes were on this particular, very specific subtopic would be (laughs) a blob like thing made of sprues called the pile of shame. (laughs) Nice. It just comes over and taunts you. It doesn't even like torture you or anything. It's just like me. It's like, did anybody see? Uh, did anybody see Legion? Yeah, yeah, they, they uh, right. right. It's like the like the gross uh, demon that's always in the closet, like looking at him with the, like the gross eyes. Oh, the yellow eyes, the Shadow Lord. Or yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, the yellow eyed yeah. demon man. Yeah, uh, it's like that. It's just like it's always lurking. It's like, yeah, I'm your shame. Look at me. Okay, babe. Forever in the corner of your vision. Yeah, (laughs) it's basically a roommate at this point. (laughs) Am I seeing? Is this is this Sylvanet thing a dual kit? It looks like it's a dual kit. Nice. Uh, Both. I think. Well, at least one of them are the the Beatles are a dual kit. Yeah. And there's the new character, which looks like. I hate to say it. Auto. Don't like Trich's model. I really don't like Trich's Mm -hmm. model. It just doesn't. It doesn't look. Like it fits in with Sylvaneth somehow to me. Sure. Like aesthetically, yeah. it just doesn't fit for me. That model looks like what Dreicha should have been. Okay. Makes sense. It definitely looks like the Doc Ock of uh of Sylvaneth. Uh definitely. <laughs> but then and then and then poor rats. Poor rats on that. They got their one. I mean, let's be fair, this is a really cool rat that they got. Yeah, I mean, if one rat to rise above the rest, yeah, good. You know what, Kit, I would have loved to see, and they would be able to do so much justice with how much reverence they're giving to a lot of the models now. Mm -hmm. Like for us oldies with a little bit of gray, um, poison wind globators. Oh, yeah, new plastic models for them. I'm just throwing them mid throw, yeah, thing, but but Matt, then they wouldn't have time to make uh. Black Library, uh, Vampires, and Carriage on Overlords. Yeah. I gotta say, I really like that that vampire model, though. So, I mean, I cool. <laughs> I'm not gonna enjoy the Skaven. You got I, me. I like the vampire model, too. I wish that model had been out a little while ago when uh, I won a certain bet with a mutual friend of ours to have a vampire painted. But there know, we- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think I ever got my vampire painted. I haven't had mine arrive yet either, but yeah. Yeah, I'm sure in due time. <laughs> uh, Can I say well, they've leaned on the vampires like super hard? Didn't we get like a special edition vampire that came out? We got the yeah. Underworlds. We got Curse. Oh City. yeah, they're all the, they're all over the place. Like vamps like so everywhere. Many vampires. Minor variations. Cool. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. Um, there was was it a Bruins? It was a Bruins versus uh, Kraken game. See, yeah, Kraken versus Bruins. That's right. And uh, our very own uh, Jack Ballard. Uh, had gotten tickets somehow. <laughs> he lost again. And he lost texted, another bet. No, he texted both Jack and I uh, <laughs> betting on the game. And the and the bet was, uh, you know, loser has to paint the other one a model. Did you? And, uh, sorry. I think ahead, I asked sorry. him for some kind of Stormcast hero. You yeah, know, something, that, something you could ally into whatever. Yeah. So did he tell you that he's already lost that bet before too? He oh, lost that for when the Ravens came in for the Seahawks. And he was betting the Seahawks were going to win. I was like, no, man, Ravens are going to stomp you. Ravens stomped him, and I got a little Griffin. Oh, <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, 
We'll, we'll await our our plunder, but yeah, it, it was. I, I put my money down the Bruins. <laughs> I'm disappointed. Yeah, I I, I did imagine uh, the the Bruins would lose to yeah. uh, Kraken quite yet. But, but I don't know. It felt like a pretty safe bet. I'd be at a great time painting up something random for Jack, so it, it didn't feel like that that much of a penalty. Yeah, I mean, it was going to be fun either way, so it, it, was, it was pretty good. But uh, <laughs> but I, I was I was going to say on on the other subject of you know things that needed updating. You know, yeah, thank God they're working those Black Library books and and the and the next Vampire Sculpt because. You know that they were they, they couldn't possibly focus on Skaven, but certainly that would have also taken away the time they needed to update the Dark Elves yet again. Not the ones everyone's waiting for. <laughs> once just, again, just the current ones, <laughs> the Canites. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's already been a year. <laughs> it'll be fine. I I'm so confused. I'm so confused why Daughters of Cain. I I went and bought. I went and bought the second edition book. Or the first second, or was that first? No, it was the first second edition book. Yeah. Um, right when I started uh, playing Daughters of Cain, because it was like, okay, cool. The what was that? That was uh, when Marathi came out, mm-hmm. because then yeah. I was able to use uh, the Sisters of Blood in a halfway decent army, because at that point in time they were garbage, right? Then they came out with a new book. Like, what was it? Two months later, I think. So I was like, fine, I'll buy this new book. I haven't played them because I'm still just like, ugh, new book. Yeah. Set it down, get tabled by Daughters of Cain on the regular, and now they get a new book. And I'm like, oh, I'm selling I've, the army. <laughs> I've had a, a similar experience. You know, I, I've been a Dark Elf player for many years, um, you know, back in the old fantasy days. And so, of course, mm-hmm. I had the Daughters of Cain. And I ported them over to play them kind of funsies and second early second and you know that was good and i kind of felt the same way with the books i'd i'd had my first one a bit longer i think than you did matt but then it didn't seem like the rapid updates and when the the last one came out it was almost like too good to play (laughs) that's the way it felt yeah almost almost luminethy almost yeah in a way so do we think this new daughters of cane book is going to be a nerf yeah it's not no it's not a nerf maybe a side grade it's it's a balance. Um, a little a little that birdie. Sounds, that sounds a lot like Nerf, Matt. Yeah, that's like Nerf light. No, in the, <laughs> in the in the same way in the same way that a lot of units got better in uh, let's say Stormcast has a lot of really good units. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the older units that um, weren't seeing as much play. Uh, towards the end of second are now much better okay so like bow snakes haven't changed so they didn't um, get worse they didn't get appreciably worse anyway they didn't get appreciably worse um there is mirror shield mirror shield mirror something hear, uh, a certain hagnar uh was losing a certain five up ward save but mm. that was just a rumor that i saw that would be that nice. I- Cannot sort uh, sight in any way, shape, or form because I saw it on Reddit or somewhere. Mm. <laughs> I, I I haven't I haven't um, I haven't sourced anything from Reddit just from somebody who's played the book, uh, so I won't I won't talk about who sure. who that is. But um, the I know the Blood Sisters are now suddenly very good on their teleports, as opposed okay. to only the Bow Snakes being very good um on teleports um and they don't lose the thing that i think is the worst part of age of sigmar right now which is being able to do stuff 
In the hero phase? In the hero phase. Yeah. Um, okay. So, like, it's... I think I think they're giving uh, Night Hunt all the love because they deserve it, like, mm-hmm. you know, promotionally. But Daughters of Cain is still going to wreck face, and it's going to be... Well, just as bad, if not more varied levels of bad, like variable uh, models level of bad. Sure. Uh, I mean, the thing is, I don't know. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Daughters of Cain have always wrecked face. They're, they they consi- were just yeah like, consistently uh, all the way through second edition, all the way to right? the end. They were yeah. always contending. Them and Ideneth were the two armies that you would consistently see and be like, hey, wait, the book has been... <laughs> the yeah. book has been broken that long yeah they, oh no it's just do it. they did do it in very different ways though oh yeah the original yeah. book was so much more about like witch elves and cauldrons and stuff like that and you know then it was like all about bosnicks and marathi yeah and but, now yeah. now it's going to be all of them um i think people are still probably going to lean into the snakes but the the blood sisters are finally going to get you know the love that they deserve mm-hmm. um which is I'm good because that's like... all i have <laughs> it's all blood sisters so. oh yeah wait we, we should we should compare this matt i mean we often sort of do this twinsies wavelength thing but let's compare snake ladies okay this is a weird statement for a podcast but <laughs> what do you have on your shelf in terms of snake ladies and i'll tell you what i have on my shelf in terms of snake ladies <laughs> um i have i have uh five units of five uh blood sisters i have two avatars um which i've magnetized so i can put them up on the uh, shrines mm-hmm. uh and three medusas and 10 um archer ladies and then a bunch of uh they're not dark riders what's the other name the other build for that oh the uh the you mean the doomfire warlocks yeah i have 20 of those because it it looks really good on paper (laughs) d6 mortal wounds from a throwaway unit i'll take it yep yep they always i always get surprised by it i I don't see them that often but yeah, I'm always like, oh, Doomfire. Like, my initial impression is always Doomfire Warlocks. Ah, oh, fuck those guys. Like, I'm sure that I can throw my like most menial infantry squad at those guys. Nope. And they'll just disappear, and yep. it never works out. Yep, yep, yep. I'm always have to over way overcommit to. They this. fool you because it looks so emaciated and shirtless. Yep. You know, at the time. So you know the guy that's doing the body lifting. You don't think he's gonna lift any, but anything. But it's yeah. really the dead stare in their eyes that always got me. I was like, I can, I can. I can sympathize with that. Well, and it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> all of the male worshippers are Cain. It's like, well, I hope you can ride a horse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, you're getting to, you're living in the wrong city, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, not not to keep you in suspense, Matt, but I have an almost mirror of that. I, I have the Melosai, I have a Medusa, and I have assembled something like thirty of them. You know, twenty and ten or twenty fifteen of the uh, you know fighters and then the and then the well, ladies so were you doing that for the marathi book as well was it no, around I, the same thing or just earlier from the battalions from that, the second edition it was before that's liked them a lot when they were sort of bad i thought it was really fun oh, uh, yeah. you know i was trying to make them work in various little little tournaments and games and had fun had fun with it and started building a bunch of them because i like the models yeah. and then i think i'd got the shadow and pain box for um you know, for the uh, Hiddenites, and then I just petted me more of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was that was pretty much what started it off. I got the Shadow and Pain, and I was like, ah, I 
actually like these uh, snake ladies. Uh, then, you know, Shadow... Apparently they had made way too many Shadow and Pain boxes because they're still out there if you want to grab them. Oh, yeah. Um, nice. So I was just like, okay, um, here's my COVID stress purchase for like the next three months. Let's just buy a couple of them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um yeah they're i don't know i i it's it's interesting to me that out of that of all the builds the thing that came out on top for i guess the past six months has been bow snakes because the rest of the book seems so interesting and there's so much more utility that you could get um playing for the long game outside of like an alpha strike, which is what the bow snakes do so well. Um, yeah. It's, it feels like that. I think there's a lot of those other pieces really do still come in. They're not the star. They're never the star. So is the bow snakes Marathi combo, but like, I really hate the teleporting shades. <laughs> yeah. Know? And when, you know, you have, you know, a bunch of like uh, I forget what they call them, but the you know, the the harpy ladies, Kinnerai. Oh yeah, coming down from the sky. This is really great movement utility, and it's like oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing I'm going to see is if they keep the summon one unit of Kinnerai, because um, mm-hmm. that was just an interesting like reason to build something different than Hagnar. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, the. The guys that don't get any mention, the the Fire Slayers are actually really solid book though. Awesome! Um, I'm glad to hear that. They've been off and on. Good. You know, th- that's an army that's been off and on for years, right? Like they were terrible. They were the worst thing ever. They were terrible. You know. <laughs> I mean, it's really kind of funny because they feel like playing Necrons. Yeah, where they're just like it's a lot of after saves and guys get back up or yeah, guys get back up. You can basically you can hold an entire army hostage if you want to get them in combat. Yes. Um, and then uh, the the mechanic is really interesting too because like you pick a rune, you do that once per game. Um, mm-hmm. It's possible to get like a commander, so you can or I think it's a command command trait. Mm-hmm. So you can use that rune twice, uh, obviously in lieu of another one because there's only five of them, five turns. Mm. Um, but yeah, they're they're a very interesting army. They've been a lot of fun to play. Um, awesome. So, well, we'll have to get you uh, with a battle report on those next episode. I yes. need to get. I have so many dwarfs to paint. I think <laughs> I think the next one, the next one that I know will be solidly uh, coming up will be spiders. Um, Spider Army is almost done already. I started right. this maybe at the beginning of the month. <laughs> so ten nice. days ago, as of the as of recording right now. Yeah, actually, about ten days ago. <laughs> oh um, my God. And I've got forty spider riders uh, and two of the two of the uh, what do you call them? The big boys. No, four of the big boys. Four of the big boys. Four of the big boys and two of the medium-sized boys. Um, Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. the one that's like a (laughs) fine cast, right? Yeah, that that was actually the easiest fine cast model I've ever put together, which is so strange to say because it's such (laughs) a big model. Um, but yeah, they're going to be a lot of fun. I think. uh, I think spiders are the way to go for losing games. There we go. Nice. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing how that goes. I mean, if we if we add to our next uh, our next 
segment, a bit of a battle report piece, I can carry on about the uh, trials and travails of the Kragnos Ogre list, which has thus far remained undefeated. I I am I am not surprised by that whatsoever, <laughs> to be honest. After after see after taking a hit from a BCR Kragnos uh, mm-hmm. army that was piloted by a new player, um, nice. Well, so many so many mortal wounds on the charges from them. Three d six mortal wounds. It's oh. so much fun. It's so much fun. Well, and I'm hoping to get in uh, a game. I've been painting some Zinch uh, for a friend for our uh, for the for the off- streaming office, and uh, I can I'll hopefully be able to report back on how far Zinch has fallen uh, as a standalone book. Well, <laughs> one of these days. Uh, well, actually, we we should try and get a a Zinch for Spider before you go. There we go. For, that sounds for, that uh, sounds delightful. Uh, Miles is Miles is heading to Ireland. Yep. Um, uh, later during the summer, so a little TV. Super rad. Yeah, and we'll we'll of course be keeping the um, uh, podcast going uh, throughout all that, and we'll figure out how that all works, and hopefully, it can report on the meta across the pond. Yeah, we're gonna take this worldwide, guys. Right? Absolutely. Nuts. ASL International. Yeah. <laughs> every member six hours apart from every <laughs> perfection this podcast is geometric perfection right there's there's there's, there's always going to be one of us on the podcast that is like oh coffee what the fuck time is it <laughs> uh, but that'll be good and uh yeah so we'll have we'll have some battle reports for everybody next time yep tune in for our halloween special yeah <laughs> we'll see Just you kidding. next christmas Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we will hopefully be much quicker than that next time yeah, but <laughs> absolutely and uh yeah i guess uh thanks to everybody for listening this has been uh, this has been great fun thanks to thanks matt thanks jack this is good uh, good podcasting with you guys as always as likewise likewise always striking last yeah oh